0: Speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So friends on this third Sunday of Easter, we encounter one of my favorite stories of the resurrection. If you're allowed to have such a thing as a favorite story of the resurrection. There are a couple of disciples on their way to a village called Emmaus and a brief side note and perhaps a plug for pilgrimages in the future. The pilgrimage that happened to the Holy Land recently, we ended our time uh, seven miles outside of Jerusalem on the way to Emmaus with a celebration of the Holy Eucharist in the ruins of a Byzantine church. Don't you wanna go on the next pilgrimage? Uh, But there it is, breaking the bread, reading the scriptures. These disciples have left Jerusalem on that first Easter day. It's the same day, it's that Sunday and they've left the holy city with their hopes dashed, their heads hanging low, because the one that they backed is the Messiah, Jesus, the one they thought who would usher in God's reign of peace. He was crucified, buried in a garden tomb, and with his death and burial, God's dream of peace seemed to die. So these two leave the holy city full of grief and confusion and fear. They've left the city of Jerusalem, Jerusalem like so many other followers of Jesus with their heads down in despair. It's this shattering effect of the crucifixion that these followers of Jesus cannot respond to the women who come back with a report about an empty tomb early on Sunday morning. It's their disappointment Uh, That they, in their disappointment, they can't even recognize the risen Jesus standing beside them in the late afternoon of that same first Easter day. He goes unrecognized. They can't hear what the women said. They can't perceive Jesus crucified and risen standing in their midst because they are disillusioned, sad, without hope. Listen again what they say to the risen Christ, whom they don't yet recognize. We had hoped that he was the one who would redeem Israel. We'd hoped that this was the one that was gonna set us free to live as God's people at peace in the world. We had hoped, past tense. And we all know something about lost hope. I had hoped for a better grade. I had hoped that the diagnosis would be better. I had hoped that the marriage would work out. I had hoped that I would reconcile with that person before they died. Hope in the past tense. We all know something about it. But thankfully, miraculously, and only by the grace of God, the story doesn't end there. It doesn't end with dashed hope, with heads down. Not for those on the way to Emmaus, and not for us. Those disciples. And all of those friends of Jesus ever since, those who come to put their trust in him, are brought into a living hope. Hope in the present tense. All our hope on Jesus Christ is founded. I know the hymn is, All Our Hope on God is Founded. All our hope on Jesus Christ is founded. Hope in the present tense. And how does Jesus begin to make that real to the disciples on the way to Emmaus and to us? He begins opening up the scriptures. He starts with Moses, makes his way all the way through the prophets. In other words, he goes through the Bible as those early disciples had it, our Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures. He tells the story. He shows his friends how God's plan of peace and of rescue from the grips of sin and death and hopelessness has reached its climax through a suffering Messiah, a suffering Messiah who goes through the nightmare of hopelessness. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me kind of hopelessness. He endured that, all of the sin and evil and despair of the world, and he comes through it. He comes through it with his wounds still intact, but transfigured as the resurrected Lord of glory. The power of God, or the deeper magic, as C.S. Lewis calls it, it could not be dashed. Why? Because Jesus in the tomb is not where the story ends. Jesus instead, rising from the grave, trampling down death by death, raises us to a living hope, what we're calling this morning hope in the present tense. The past couldn't be contained in the tomb. And the disciples get so excited as he's opening up the scripture, so excited about the one in their midst, how he seems to know the mysteries of God and the mysteries of scripture, so they invite him to stay with them, they invite the man they do not yet fully recognize to come into their home. That's a good word for us inviting Christ into our home, even when we don't fully recognize him yet. Don't wait until you have it all figured out. Invite him into your home, invite him into your heart, and he'll begin to make sense of the scriptures. And how does he really make sense of it? He'll sit around the table as he did with those two disciples, just as he had done a before Good Friday and take bread, bless the bread, break the bread, and give it to us. That's when we recognize our Lord and our God. I love this resurrection story because it's our story. Jesus opening the scriptures for us, we inviting him under our roof, Taking the bread, blessing it, breaking it, sharing it with each other as the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we exist to do At St. James Church and the church throughout the world. And thank God that today we bring another person into this fellowship. Jack, who joins his two siblings. In what? The fellowship that listens to the apostles' teaching in scripture, the prayers, and the breaking of the bread. And just in a minute, we'll make Jack, as I said, the newest Christian in the entire world, a little Christ in our midst. So friends, let's pray as we baptize Jack this morning that we, the people of St. James Church, will be a kind of people who will show Jack the difference that it makes to follow Jesus in this world. The difference that it makes. Let's pray that we'll be for Jack a community that faithfully gathers around Christ in his word and in his sacrament as we invite him into our homes and into our hearts. It's in the waters of baptism that we join with Christians throughout the ages um, in a living hope. We're born anew into a living hope, hope in the present tense. And it's through these scriptures that Christ makes himself known, our hearts begin to burn within us. And it is here, gathered around the table of this altar, that we lift up the bread of life, offering hope for the life of the world. So as we come to recognize Christ here at this table of the altar, all of our hopes that had fallen into the past tense they can be spoken again in the present tense. We who said we had hoped with the implied conclusion, but now we hope no longer. We can know in the breaking of bread, the presence of Christ risen and alive, just as those disciples at Emmaus did. And friends, it's that hope that knows the risen Christ that can be spoken of in the present tense right now. Easter makes it possible. Easter makes it possible and baptism is the response.